Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to another healing conversation brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here to open hearts, empower millions, and raise the vibration of the planet. Today's show is going to take us into fifth dimensional living, anchoring in the higher realms, and that means losing density of emotion and beliefs that hold us back, such things as judgment and fear and worry and doubt. We're going to learn how to change our fear, transform it into excitement. This is a wonderful show today because we are with a renowned spiritual teacher, Matt Kahn, who joins us to share that this earth is a school for angels. Matt Kahn, thank you so much for being on Healing Conversations once again. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Living in the fifth dimension, you have great conversations. You live in the fifth dimension, and I often wonder how it is that you're able to Stay in the fifth dimension in the face of everything. Well, what's interesting is that if we understand the fourth and fifth dimension in very interesting ways, so even if we said third dimension, in the third dimension we are often run by a sensation of desire or let's say personal will. So in the third dimension is the personal will of what I need, what I want, what I'm here to achieve. And, it's, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful dimension because it prepares us for the deeper layers of our spiritual journey. In the fourth dimension, we come to something called spiritual understanding, where we come to understand a deeper purpose of life, a deeper reason for why everything comes to be, why we attract situations. And so in the fourth dimension, we're really going beyond the personal will to cultivate a spiritual understanding. But then all of the spiritual understanding that we gather must be surrendered as we cross the threshold into the fifth dimension. So if the fourth dimension is spiritual understanding, the fifth dimension is the threshold or the dimension of cosmic faith. And so from the fourth dimension of spiritual understanding or even from the third dimension, of personal will, we ask, gosh, how do I stay in the fifth dimension? How do I stay rooted in the fifth dimension so that the things around me don't pull me out? But those are actually third and fourth dimensional 
superstitions, let's say, that once you make it into the fifth, get totally cleared out. And it's not that we have to maintain the fifth dimension so not to be pulled out. In the fifth dimension, everything that we see and respond to can and only pulls us deeper into alignment with the fifth dimension because in the fourth, we have spiritual understanding. And in the fourth dimension, spiritual understanding could could still require that personal will to be the maintainer of your understanding, the collector of your understanding, the rememberer of your understanding, and even the one that needs to constantly remember and keep it straight as you go through the day. But in the fifth dimension, all that gets surrendered in the name of cosmic faith that says everything coming my way whether as the adversities I face in the world, the conflicts I seem to have with my friends and family, or even the thoughts and feelings in my body, are, could, and only, could and only be catalysts of divinity that are here to facilitate our deepest healing and transformation and then to escort us into the next highest level of consciousness. So in the fifth dimension, nothing is in the way of our spiritual journey. In the fifth dimension, we see that what we once thought were barriers to overcome in the third and fourth dimension are actually the very catalysts that remind us of the highest healing and transformation already underway. So I in no way maintain fifth dimensional alignment in any way. I am simply rooted naturally in an abiding reality of fifth dimensional consciousness. And very similarly, everyone is actually already in the fifth dimension. It's just that there's a spiritual journey that unfolds so that we can all remember that, realize that, and then live from where we already are. So it's not a matter of where we're going, but a matter mm -hmm. of taking off the blinders to remember where we already are. Yes, so in an instant, it's the shift in perception. As you just said, taking off the blinders because we're already rooted in that reality. What are these blinders? It's the programming of this matrix, I guess you could call it. When we look at it from that level, the 3D and the 4D, the 5D, we're already there. Right. So it's that shift in perception in the face of everything. And so when we go through our daily experience then, that's the challenge, is to keep that perception open. I would, I would say that as we go through our day, it's just a matter of having the faith. The faith not in a specific point of view, because again, then that recruits the personal will or the ego to be the rememberer the collector, the maintainer of it. See, we're in the fifth dimension, we've actually surrendered our collection of spiritual understanding. We honor our understanding as everything that got us into the third and through into the fourth. But what got us to the fourth must be surrendered in order to enter the fifth empty with, you know, only governed by unconditional love and cosmic faith. So in cosmic faith, we're not trying to remember anything specific because, again, that would give our ego a new spiritual job. Instead, the faith is, no matter how I feel about my life, no matter how I feel about the catalysts that come to be for my deepest healing, no matter how I feel about the things that happen to me every day, it's faith that says this could only be another catalyst in my evolution, 
no matter what I think, feel about it. So it's not trying to enjoy what we don't enjoy. It doesn't require us to try to see it in a, in, in a special way. It's just surrendering to the fact that every single thing that happens to us could only be another aspect of our own transformation. So if we can just trust that it's as if everything in our life is is seemingly colliding and bumping together only so that we come out more polished than we've ever been. That's the journey of consciousness. So really the shift can be, it's not as if anything in your life needs to change. It's not as if you have to change your thoughts or change your feelings or even change patterns in your subconscious mind. A lot of that is third and fourth dimensional imprinting. Instead, what we change is what things symbolize to us. And instead of things symbolizing adversity or blockages to spiritual alignment, everything is actually proof of the transformation of our highest spiritual alignment. So instead of needing things to be fixed and changed, we are changing how we see what's happening so that we can see that I'm already going through the highest transformation instead of thinking that it's going to be somewhere up ahead once I change or act in a different way. So it's really quite liberating when we understand the simplicity of fifth dimension. It's all faith in everything being the living, picture, the living perfection of divinity. And the challenge is that you are in a world where it seems to give you all sorts of proof that there's something other than the divine at play, that people are capable of acting less than divinely. And the challenge in the fifth dimension is that you have to, in your own heart, accept that everything is the highest will of the divine, even the things you think aren't the highest will of the divine, so that that energy of faith radiates out to the world, causes the creations of your outside world to shift and change, and start to act in a more high vibrational way and to reflect back to you the highest energy of divinity. Because once we step forward to say everything is the highest, highest expression of divine perfection, then the world will have no reason to act less than the highest perfection and then our outside world can be as peaceful and harmonious as our internal spiritual alignment. That energy of faith that radiates out to create that world around us. Okay, we are going to take some questions from the listeners. And now is a good time to take Carrie's question because it's a good example to what we're just speaking about. Carrie asks, how to feel safe when bad things, in my case, she says, identity theft happen. I understand that we are all one, and I need to love my own heart and my own fear, but I still stay stuck in horrible panic attacks that lead to paranoia. Not sure how welcoming paranoia is helpful because it feels as mean-spirited as the thieves themselves. The thieves are welcoming their paranoia, and that makes them people who hurt other people. So how does it help me to stay in that same energy? Well, that's a great question, and, and I really appreciate Carrie taking the time to open up and share how, how she feels with us. Um, what I would say is that thieves or people aren't ex welcoming their paranoia in a conscious way. They're identifying with it, and identifying with something is the way in which we deny it. We, we agree and believe that it is 
validation for unsavory behavior, but that's, that means it's not being seen in consciousness. It means it just becomes an unconscious justification to, you know, treat people in, in, in a very unsavory type of way. Funny enough, I experienced identity theft earlier this year, and I had the funniest conversation with my mom about this because she found out about what happened, and she said, how come, how come you never told me about this? And I said, well, it's not news in my life. And so what's interesting mm-hmm. about this is that we can't take something like identity theft. The first step to feeling safe, and I want to address Carrie's question, is that we can't take an experience like identity theft and think that it's a, it's a sign of our vibration. Like we can't go, I experience identity theft, so my vibration is obviously very low. And then, you know, on top of the experience of identity theft, whether it left us feeling taken advantage of and deceived or whatever, you know, the mixture of feelings are there, we can't judge ourselves and go, oh, when something that my ego feels threatened by happens, I'm going to overly spiritualize and call it a lower vibrational experience. So now that I'm judging myself along with this experience, the truth is, and I say this to Carrie and anyone else, if you feel unsafe as a result of any experience, the feelings in your body that you're sensing are the patterns in your subconscious mind are the imprints of cellular memories that are actually being swept out of your field. So a manifestation like identity theft, which thankfully we live in a world where a lot of companies and a lot of credit card companies are very good at identifying that, and a lot of us who experience that, you know, everything's reimbursed, and it's a fantastically easy experience, hopefully. But whatever arises in 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 the hologram of your external reality is literally just there to motivate any feelings in your body now, the, the illusion is we think that what I'm feeling in my body are the emotions I'm stuck in because there's a very deeply programmed third-dimensional spiritual belief that says when I don't feel safe, I've got to shift out of the feeling. And, of course, there's all these superstitions like I can't stay stuck in this negative feeling. I'm going to manifest more negativity. I'm going to lower my vibration. The truth is from a fifth-dimensional perspective, and because everything is really already in the fifth dimension, it's, it's, it's more of a governing universal principle, and that is no emotion determines your vibration. Lower vibration is only an unconscious or a judgmental relationship with any feeling. So if you had identity theft and it brought up this feeling of unsafe, lack of safety and deception, that means that this manifestation of identity theft is bringing to the surface the very deception that is actually being healed and cleared out of our energy fields at the rate at which we feel it. What we're feeling, we are healing, and we send I love yous to the part of our body where we feel that sensation to help move out the cellular healing at a faster rate. So it's, and it sounds like what Carrie is saying is like, why would I embrace these feelings? Because, you know, the question's coming from thinking about why the emotion is something I like. We don't have to like the emotion. On an energetic standpoint, you can hate the emotion, you can despise the emotion, but what is coming up is what's coming out. So loving the heart doesn't mean you accept the feeling. It means you accept that it is your participation in your highest level of transformation to love your heart so that what is already on its way out can leave faster. And, of course, what's being healed out of our field is being cleared out of the collective unconsciousness. So as Carrie is going through and clearing all the mixture of emotions around theft and identity theft, deception, all that kind of stuff. 
she is equally healing out of all hearts what's being purged out of her field. Again, what's coming up is what's being cleared out. So we love our hearts in a moment when it deserves more love, not less, so that we can energetically use the vibration of love to clear these patterns out of our field while participating in the transformation of humanity, one I love you at a time. That is very comforting and inspiring to know that what we are feeling, we are healing, and that we're not going to be stuck in that. So let's talk now about what's going on energetically. Do you have an update on there's an accelerated ascension and manifestation, and the first wave of ascension is getting exciting? I'd say so. 2014, whether a lot of people felt this from the very beginning of 2014, some people felt it um, throughout the year. A lot of people I've known have felt the energy intensify from the middle of 2014 till now, and we can expect the energy to, to continue to increase. And when I speak about 2014, 2014 is a year where many of us in the first wave of ascension are clearing out old soul contracts that keep us bound to any kind of third dimensional or even fourth dimensional imprint, whether it's an attachment to third and fourth dimensional spiritual practices, healing modalities, personal judgments, anything or even a relationship that may have been created when you were in a third or fourth dimensional consciousness that's not meant for both parties to continue growing into the fifth dimension. A lot of soul contracts are coming to an end. And when we understand ascension, there can be a third dimensional belief that says, I got to do my spiritual work because I don't want to miss the window. I don't want to be left behind. The truth is no one can be left behind because everything up ahead has already occurred. So we are experiencing such a acceleration of healing and transformation which we may perceive as tumultuous upheavals of highs and lows, physical exhaustion, um, a desire to withdraw and incubate. And really what it is is that in order for us to make the window of opportunity that we've already successfully completed, we are being accelerated and there are so many soul contracts that have been completed this year that need to be finalized so that we can welcome 2015 to have the conscious awareness that the fifth dimension is here and then begin the process of going through many life-changing initiations to fully activate the crystalline DNA of the fifth dimension, activate the fifth dimensional light bodies, and to really go from the transition that transitions us out of using spirituality as problem-solving strategies, and instead spirituality now becomes the infinite exploration of our mastery where we can start to see the never-ending brightness of our souls. We can, in 2015, also expect health and energy and vitality to return, as well as the ability to learn how to manifest prosperity from a fifth-dimensional standpoint. And as a way of participating in this, this is the time of the year to clear out any clutter in your house, you know, donate any clothes you're not wearing on a regular basis to people that could use it. This is an opportunity to speak your deepest truth in relationships, and if there's relationships that are needing to come to an end, it's, it's time to have those kinds of deep conversations. And really, this is an opportunity to clean up every aspect of our life and to enter 2015 with everything in our realities as spiritually aligned 
as we are internally. And sometimes people might say, well, I don't feel spiritually aligned on the inside. And in that case, getting everything aligned externally is going to bring more of that internal alignment into awareness. So even if you're not feeling very aligned on the inside, it is cleaning the clutter and resolving loose ends and getting your cosmic affairs in order. That's going to bring more of that internal alignment to the forefront in such an exciting, expanded, and aligned way. Yes, and that's where some great manifestation will take place. Can you talk more on creating prosperity from this fifth dimensional energy? It's a, it's a very fundamental thing to understand the difference, you know, to understand fifth dimensional manifestation. What I would say is a fifth dimensional manifestation has to do with alignment. I think there's a, uh, even some teachings that when it teaches about manifesting prosperity, it talks about in order to bring any creation that you desire into reality, you have to be aligned with that level of consciousness. But when we say that, not many people understand what that means on a very practical level. Like people will say, oh, well, I have to be aligned with that desire. But what does that really mean? And so what fifth dimensional consciousness helps us understand is it answers the question, what does it mean to be in alignment with the consciousness of your highest desire? So we'll take prosperity, for example. And when, when we are fully rooted in fifth dimension, alignment means that the reason for your manifesting anything that you desire, meaning you can create anything you want, the contingency, the point of clarification, is you must intend or you must declare that the reason for you manifesting whatever you want to manifest celebrates and honors your highest evolution instead of distracting from it. So, for example, if someone were to say, I'm going to manifest prosperity because having a lot of money allows me to not worry about it. That wouldn't be a reason that supports your highest evolution. It would be a distraction from it because it would be a fear-based reason. If we said, I am going to manifest prosperity because having prosperity allows me to focus all of my attention on spiritually evolving and expanding and rooting my energy so that as I'm able to dedicate more of my time to this accelerated spiritual evolution in me, I am able to radiate a higher vibration for the healing, awakening, and transformation of all. And that reason is in alignment. It is supporting your highest evolution, not distracting from it. And in fifth dimension, the things that we want to create will come to us the fastest when they're going to support our highest evolution and if there's any lag time between intending it and anchoring it and it showing up, which is the universe way of saying you're always going to get what you create, but you're only going to get it at the chapter of your life when having it supports your evolution versus distracts from it. So as a very simple understanding, you can create prosperity very easily. You just have to give a reason that supports your highest wisdom. If the reason is, I want money so I don't worry about it, that's a third-dimensional belief in scarcity. If we say, I want money so I can have security, that's a third- and fourth-dimensional belief in scarcity as well. If we say, 
I would like to manifest infinite abundance just to bring my vibration into physical form, just to celebrate how miraculous of a creator I am, faster than you can ever imagine it, money will show up to you. So in the fifth dimension, we realize it's really providing the universe with the most conscious reason that demonstrates to ourselves as the universe that we are at a vibration that we are going to handle in maturity having these things and that having these supports is going to allow us to evolve and accelerate at a greater level of speed instead of distracting us from the most important mission we have, which is evolving spiritually, raising our vibration to help wake up an entire planet that brings heaven to earth. That brings up a very good visualization of what we are doing here. It seems like we still need money. It's what's here on this planet. And we still have to be here and work. When we're talking about shifting our consciousness into being fully rooted in the 5D consciousness, we still do need money. And yet I do hear from many healers and light workers that there will be no more need for money. It's like we all want to jump ahead so quickly and be done with it. That right. seems like and what you're saying is that, yes, we still do need money. And right. Well, and, and what I would say to that is people that, people that spiritually are excited about a stage where we don't have money, it's because what they're really saying is, I don't want my experience of money where sometimes I don't have enough for everything I want. I don't want that to limit me. But see, what I'm going to say is money is a manifestation of consciousness. Money is a manifestation of self-worth. Self-doubt becomes a manifestation of debt. And the more we elevate our self-worth before the good, you know, the bells and whistles of our highest reality shows up, the better we feel about ourselves no matter how much debt we've collected or no matter how infrequently money seems to flow to us. It's a journey of symbolism, meaning everything is consciousness. So as you increase your self-worth, the, ex- the manifestation of debt seems to dissolve over time, and then the more you feel better about yourself, it seems that life seems to support you with more flow of money. So it really isn't about getting rid of money. It's about seeing money as not an example of a banking institution, but it is a manifestation of your own vibrational frequency, and then the universe becomes your banker. You have access to a cosmic bank account of infinite flowing abundance, And as long as you give a reason that supports your highest evolution and consciousness, you can just about manifest anything that you desire. So it's not about getting away from money. It's about looking at it as it's all an energy game. And part of the distraction is that there are people in the world that have money that aren't necessarily very conscious. And so then some people say, well, I understand what you're saying about manifesting money as an expression of your vibration, but what about these people that have trillions of dollars and are, you know, living with closed hearts and are, cruel, and so forth. And what I'll say to that is that there are two different spiritual paths going on. One is for the first wave of ascension, for the spiritually inclined, energetically sensitive soul. They come into this world, they're supported, but the bulk of their abundance is not accessible until their vibrational alignment of of their spiritual self is activated 
And so at that point, the prosperity you attract can be measured by how lovingly you adore yourself and how, how high your self-worth increases. So that's kind of the spiritual path where our prosperity comes to us at later stages as a way for us to measure our elevating vibration. Now, other people who are in the second and third wave of ascension who aren't necessarily waking up as quickly are given money, whether they inherit it or they just come into it very early in their life, and they have access to anything you can think of and imagine, and at a certain point of their life, the biggest houses in existence, the having a trillion yachts or whatever it is, you know, having a billion dollars in your bank account, all of a sudden, that doesn't work to make you feel on the inside the way you really want to feel, and it can lead to a midlife crisis. And really what it is is a deep spiritual awakening happening where someone realizes, I have so much, and yet none of it makes me feel the way I thought it was supposed to. And then that drives their consciousness into a spiritual exploration. So whether you wind up in a reality where money comes to you in the beginning, or it's something that comes to you later in life, it really all is a manifestation of an energetic game that is really helping you to wake up to the fact that Earth is an amazing university where souls incarnate and go through the transformational process to become angels, ascended masters, who then go to work to guide and assist other souls who are attending the school. So in the fifth dimension, we learn how easy it is to create prosperity. We simply say, I want this because here's how it supports my highest evolution. And you wouldn't believe how quickly things will come to you because it's not about money. It's about your unlimited support and unlimited power that is a manifestation of your own self-worth as you confess and embrace the light of your own soul has the only truth in existence. When we are moving forward, I know there's so many that want to step out on their own and go for it. And so now we really need to be creating our businesses from that fifth dimensional consciousness, this overwhelming love, self-love for ourselves. That really is the great shift. At times, that's hard for people because the fear of where am I going to get the money. So I know that's hard, you know, What? but one foot in, in front of the other. Any other advice you have for people who are so eager to take that business route? It's Absolutely. really a blending of spirituality in all that we do. Well, it can't be an imbalance. So it can't be I sit on the couch and wait for spirit to bring me everything in the mail and it can't be I take so much action from an unconscious place that I'm not aware of how ungrounded I might be while taking actions in a very excited way. So it's really a blend of taking inspired action while grounded in a body of inspired, relaxed awareness. Now, a very easy way to understand this, just to kind of make it so much easier for people, because, again, you know, I... Everyone has the greatest of intentions, and I want to make sure everyone has the greatest opportunity to thrive and succeed at the highest level. Because we all have gifts we want to share with the world. But the fundamental misunderstanding 
is how we go about creating a conscious business in the third dimension and how we go about creating in the fifth dimension. So in the third dimension, the focus is I have skills and abilities or products that are going to benefit the world, and I open up a shop, hypothetically, and I'm driven by how I'm going to help other people and how this is a service to other people. And in the third dimension, that's exactly a conscious way of going about it. I am of service to the world. Please come one, come all, and let the world enjoy what I have for it. But in the fifth dimension, it's actually totally different. In the fifth dimension, fifth dimension is unity consciousness, which means the world is a manifestation of the one I am. And what that means is, is that your businesses and every moment of your business creation has to be, in the beginning, what just excites you. It's like, what, it's like the, the rule of an artist. An artist has to create something that only pleases them to the deepest level, and then the manifestation of the world that comes to give the artist credit or to purchase their art is just an extension of how deeply that artist has been pleased by their work. So in the fifth dimension, we just need to do something that pleases us, that excites us, because in the third dimension, we say, I'm going to create this for the well-being of the world. And then we sit around and go, oh, but I need to wait for money or find money. And then we're not feeling very excited about what we're doing because we're attached to an outcome. We need the world to resonate with what we do in order to feel as if we're doing the right thing. Fifth dimension is different. Fifth dimension says, look, unity consciousness, unity consciousness says only I need to be pleased by what I do. So as long as you create something or offer a service, and you are absolutely excited about offering it to the world, and whether anyone shows up or not, the fact that you get to do this and bring this to life just pleases you completely. To the depth that what you do for a living pleases you will bring forth a world that at that exact depth will take in and be nourished and be fulfilled by what you're offering. So in the fifth dimension, the results and the successes of our business are extensions of how deeply it pleases us. And if we take a third-dimensional point of view and says, I'm only going to be pleased when the results are there, well, then we're never going to be able to get there. In fifth dimension, just the nature that what you do pleases you will allow everything to unfold miraculously. And even if you're, you know, writing copy for your website or you're going out and talking to people, if you love what you do, the process doesn't matter because you just love the fact that you get to be who you are. And that's why in the fifth dimension we all succeed miraculously once we're doing what pleases us instead of thinking how it's going to affect the world in a positive way. Because only when it changes and transforms us will the world be able to be changed and transformed as a result of your offering. Then it gives the true meaning to the old adage, when you follow your passion and your heart, money will follow. As you said here, it's what makes our hearts sing. It's what brings us the deep pleasure of, of pleases us personally. So that's great. That's well understood and, again, very inspirational. So let's hear this question from Laura, who she's here. She's doing all of it, yet she's got an issue, and she needs your help. Here's her question. I am the best light worker on earth. 
I have done all my emotional clearing for 20 years now. I love everyone and everything. I feel and know the oneness of all and everybody. I am financially able to do what I love all day. I am the happiest person on earth. But I can't stand to be around negativity at all and people attacking me. It literally makes me sick. I have done every lesson you have ever taught us, especially acknowledging other people's pain. And I don't want to be here anymore. That's it. I'm done, she says. The hurt overpowers my bliss. Can you please get a message to my galactic spiritual family to come and get me gently and my soul partners, Pretty and Bunny, her cat? Oh, sweetie. You know, oftentimes it can be very confusing. We can be lost in a spiritual ego. We can be lost in the reconstructed personality of the fourth dimensional spiritual wisdom that we that helped us out of the third dimension at one stage. But in the fourth dimension, all the insight and all of the success that we've spiritually had in, in really waking up out of the third dimension creates a brand new fourth dimensional ego structure. And it can be painful when we think we've done everything correctly, if we look at spirituality like I've checked everything off my to-do list. And what happens is the external reality, if we're still in the fourth dimension, it represents the aspects of our own shadow that we're either thinking we're beyond, we're ignoring and not aware of. So if we're the brightest light in the galaxy and people are still attacking us and it's triggering us, it's showing us that there's, you know, we, we are identifying with one side of our consciousness we're you know we're identifying with the light side but the darkness is still not being acknowledged and of course when someone says i've done all my work i've done this and this is happening and of course let's look at the most compelling piece of evidence in what you just read lauren the most compelling piece of evidence is someone who says i've done all my spiritual work and this is still happening and here's where i point the finger of blame anytime there is blame there is an ego structure still active and it's not because the ego is a bad thing, but it's when the ego has recreated itself as a spiritual persona, and we are so blinded by that. The fact that we're able to blame anyone or anything and not see that it's just the deeper layers of our journey calling us can lead to a state of frustration. And, of course, the ego gets easily frustrated when things don't go the way it wanted to go. It throws in the towel and so in the person's email that you just read, this is their own internal struggle of personal control that they thought they may have unraveled, but it just took on a new spiritual personality structure. And, of course, what we learn is that we have been brought here to evolve and to grow into masters. And whether we think we are the brightest light in the galaxy, when there's other people around us attacking us, it's not a world is attacking us because of something personal. It's because they are manifestations of our own transformation, putting us in yet again another crucifixion. And from personal experience, I can say, I have been crucified in my life many, many times. And what happens is you continually are crucified because every crucifixion is tearing down the imprisonment of a false identity and you will continuously be crucified until there's nothing left to be destroyed or unraveled in you and there are a lot of light workers who get very fed up with this process and they want out but of course we're here for a very important reason and i understand how painful it can be when being attacked 
but the world only appears to attack us when we have something we're coveting, objectifying, and we are hoarding, whether it's our spiritual knowledge, whether it's our belief in ourselves as spiritual beings. Because eventually the world will back off and stop attacking you when we stop putting up a spiritual front or hiding behind a, you know, a spiritual ego as if who we've come to be in our spiritual evolution is definable with words. So we can have an open heart, we can hide behind no shield, and the way that we know that we're operating in consciousness and not in another spiritual ego structure, the way we know if that's happening is the world could attack with judgments, with persecutions, even with false accusations, and there's absolutely nothing being triggered in you. There's no unfairness, there's no blame, finger pointing. There's just the person blaming me is showing me how much pain they're in. So I, I appreciate what that person says in their email, and I appreciate how deep they've taken their journey. But not even in the words that you read, Lauren, but in the frequency I can feel inside their energy. Because as you read the words, I can feel their energy inside the words as you read it. And we can think our journey is over, and we've only just begun. And so this is an exciting time for us to really go as deep as possible. This isn't about checking things off a spiritual to-do list, only to shake our fists at other people when they don't act appropriate in our eyes. This is about letting everything be a manifestation of our highest transformation. And if, and if there are lingering aspects of ego that need to be unraveled by the persecution we feel by others, and on some level, whether, you know, no matter how counterintuitive it feels, we welcome that. We welcome anything from the world. We welcome the world to do anything it needs to do because they can only take and dismantle from any of us what is no longer needed for the journey ahead. And only our deepest heartfelt courage can take that kind of a journey. And that's why I'm here to escort so many souls through this path because it requires love, courage, strength and kindness and for even when we don't know how to access that it's my honor to be that for all who are ready to wake up it's a wonderful reminder that these are the lessons that we're learning as we grow and evolve into angels and masters for those who may not be familiar with your own awakening you were spontaneously awakened at eight years old. Can you share a little bit about what happened? Well, when my earliest memory, and it's funny because every time I do an interview, I always wind up saying different ages because I never can remember the exact age. Like I, I think my first memory was when I was six or seven, and then I had the out-of-body experience, and I was either eight or ten. I never really can remember, to be honest. But what happened was my first memory, my first awakening, was... I was walking to my friend's house, and there was a little brick wall that separated his property from my next-door neighbor's property, and I just looked at this wall, and I stopped as I was walking, and I had this very deep realization, but I was so young that I was aware of the realization, but it was kind of like I knew that this isn't going to make sense for many years. But I had this realization that I'm not the wall. I'm not the one looking at it. I'm the space between now, there was something inside of me that says that's very fundamental, but I didn't. And it was kind of like a feeling of you'll, you'll know why later. But 
at that young age. I just kind of, you know, had that experience that stopped me for a moment, and then I kind of scampered off to my friend's house to play video games. I even remember even before that that I had this experience where I already, at, and this is at a very young age, I was already rooted in awake awareness. So meaning it's it's to, to say, you know, one was born awake. It sounds very romantic, but it's it's not necessarily as 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 cool as it sounds. My experience was at a very young age, and I can't remember the age. I walked around, and I was already rooted in in consciousness. I was always already rooted in an aliveness of being that is inherently formless, even though it's experiencing itself as form. And in my experience, I had this weird sensation of, I don't think anyone can see me. I feel totally invisible, and I don't think anyone knows that I'm here. And, you know, being born awake sounds like a really cool thing, but when you feel invisible and think that other people exist and can see each other, but you're the one that no one sees and knows, it kind of leads to this primal fighting to be seen by the world because we want to feel as if we're real. And so it could lead to a lot of very painful feelings and insecurities. And again, for me, in the very beginning of my journey, from a very young age, I always felt totally invisible, that everyone else could see everyone else, but no one knew I was here. And then, of course, looking back now, I see that 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 was just my young, innocent mind's interpretation of already being rooted as formless, eternal consciousness. And then when I was, you know, after the experience uh, at my friend's house, I had an out-of-body experience. I went to the Garden of Heaven. I met with Jesus, who I realized later was Jesus. And from that life-changing experience, I could see and feel spirit guides and archangels on all sides of me walking with me. And I began to just spontaneously know things without knowing why I knew it. Like I knew that they were guides. And I knew that they were here to be with me every step of my journey. And I didn't know why I knew that. But it was kind of like I began to intuitively know without knowing why I knew what I knew. And then from there it unfolded. And I started meeting with archangels and ascended masters and having conscious dialogues with these beings from age 18 on. And then instead of just being a, a channel for the higher realms, or being able to speed dial the ascended masters at any moment, I then went through another life-changing experience where I stood in front of a, a galactic council. They all lifted up their masks, and underneath them were, were me. And so it led to the realization of all these ascended masters are like different aspects of consciousness, but they're all aspects of my eternal self. And so there is a consciousness rooted in liberation, freedom, wisdom, and love, there is the consciousness of the universe that simply manifests itself for the well-being of all who inhabit this planet. And yet the decoration of this universe bringing forth it all for the world is decorated as an individual. And so just as in my journey I demonstrate for all of us, we're decorated as individuals. We experience ourselves as unique expressions of the universe. And what's underneath the costume of personality, what's underneath it all, having an experience of individuality, is nothing less than the highest vibration of divine perfection. And so it's an honor for me to spend my life dedicating all of my gifts to awakening that reality in every being so that every being can spend the most amount of time 
living as the ecstasy and radiance and liberation of their true eternal self, not only as a gift for themselves, but so that they can then bring forth a unique vibration for the benefit of all people around them. Well, we thank you for that. You really are a way shower, and there are some that do have questions about how would we each know if we are in the first wave of ascension? Is there a way for us, you know, we've been clearing all the old patterns, but how can we know if we're part of that? Anytime someone knows that there's a spiritual reality in existence, they are a part of the first wave of ascension. Anytime someone is drawn towards connecting with spirit guides, the universe, or accessing their wisdom, they are a part of the first wave of ascension. The first wave of ascension is, is, is one-third of the entire planet. That just means we are energetically sensitive souls, and we are spiritually oriented by nature. So most of the beings that will say, I would say this, 100% of people that ask if they're part of the first wave are. People that aren't part of the first wave, that are a part of the second and third wave, are either not interested in spirituality, only interested in themselves, or have never asked themselves any kind of spiritual question whatsoever. And that doesn't mean that's a bad thing. It just means that they're like a seed blossoming in the garden, and it hasn't begun to sprout the deepest roots quite yet. And again, that's not an insult, because some seeds take longer to sprout roots, just like some flowers grow quickly, but don't last as long in the garden. So it's it's all just the uniqueness of the soul manifesting itself. But 100% of people that ask if they're part of the first wave are, because one of the side effects of being such an energetically sensitive soul is that the kind of egos that most people create in being energetically sensitive is called the inferior ego and the inferior ego feeds itself on not being good enough not thinking it's good enough not thinking it's worthy enough not thinking it's high vibrational enough you know and then the other side of the ego is the superior ego i'm better than anyone i'm the best there ever is you know by comparison but most energetically sensitive souls and again there are exceptions to the rule but most are very insecure inferior beings which is also why we have a lot of very high vibrational beings very spiritually oriented beings that up until this point haven't been able to manifest their vibration into form and really access prosperity. And so when we really learn to hone our abilities as energetic masters, we allow ourselves to be as sensitive as we are worthy. And that when the combination of self-worth and energetic sensitivity come together in perfect balance, then we're able to be as prosperous as we are spiritually aligned and sensitive for the well-being of the planet that we came to transform. Here's a question from our audience. It is relevant to, again, this outer world that we see. So here's Tanya, and her question from Moscow is, Dear Matt, from the fifth dimensional perspective, how should we deal with the political economic situation of one's own country of residence. Russia seems to be not the most peaceful and stable condition right now. Can you talk more about manifesting abundance while economic situation seems to look more challenging, especially when you work as an energy worker? Absolutely. The first step is declaring the universe is my banker, and so we don't have to keep, we don't have to watch 
financial institutions or governments or, you know, the, the we don't have to look at the temperament of countries as external manifestations to, to, to be taken care of and to manifest prosperity. So every day we wake up and we say, the universe is my banker and it provides me more and more abundance every day to celebrate my highest vibration and form. We just say some simple intention like that every single day and you'll be very surprised how quickly things will change. It also includes the belief of letting go of thinking that the external world or country that you, resi you reside in has to be in perfect harmony in order for you to prosper. You, you, all of us are rooted in our own timelines. Truth be told, every single one of us are living in our own worlds. It looks like we're in the same world. We're all sh sharing the same eternal space. But all of us actually exist in our own worlds. And so it doesn't matter what we see in the world. It only matters that we accept that the universe is our banker and that more and more every day it brings me abundance in, in incredible, miraculous, and in conscious, inspirational ways. And if you just declare that, it's amazing how powerfully things shift. As far as how do we shift or deal with political climates, again, our heart is the center of the universe through the heart that we love and embrace, all things outside of us are transformed. So whatever on the outside gets our attention, we bless and transform all of those things by loving our own hearts. We could send I love you to the things outside of us and we wouldn't necessarily be included in that. We could just love our own hearts no matter what we see outside of us and all things in the universe get transformed over time. So no matter what we see in the world, we respond to the outer by loving the inner. We respond to the outer by loving the inner, and we just stick with that very simple philosophy and focus. And in a very short amount of time, you in your own body will be the first one to step forward, almost like you become the first resident of your transforming planet. And when that happens, you don't love your heart less, you keep it going. Right? It's not like a medicine where we take the medicine and then when the symptoms wear off, we stop taking the medicine. We love our hearts and we get positive benefit. We keep doing the same thing so that the energy starts rippling out and then over time, the world we live in starts to be a different world. The country we reside in becomes a different country. We just have to stay the course and remember we transform the outer by loving the inner and we just have that as what we go back to. Because there's many of us that know love is the most powerful vibration, and we even have the choice to love ourselves in response to what I see. But my deeper invitation is not just to have love as a choice, but what happens when you take every choice in existence and surrender it and only keep available the opportunity to love yourself in response to any thought, feeling, or external manifestation. That in order to make love the most powerful transformative force in your reality, it not only is a choice that you can reach for, but it becomes the most powerful force when it's the only choice you have. And I am living proof of what comes to be in a human being when the only choice you have is to love yourself, no matter how unfortunate people are treating you, no matter how tumultuous of a world you live in, whether you have a little or a lot of abundance, whether you think you're the brightest light in existence, or just want to know how much you matter, we transform the outer by loving the inner. And when that's the only choice you have, something 
miraculously unfolds within you that will benefit every person in existence. Beautiful. Again, quantum physics is only slightly touch the tip of the iceberg of this power of love, loving ourselves, loving our own heart. The heart is a tube torus, and when we don't love or place judgment or have doubt, that starts to shut the heart down. Do you wish to speak about this vortex of the heart? Well, I would just say that, and I've had this vision many, many times, that if if scientists and physicists want to discover the truth of this and find the evidence that confirms this, we have to look towards the principles of unity consciousness. I had a vision actually once. I had a vision that I was doing a retreat um, with just the physicists and the scientists of the world. And my intention was is that I was going to help these scientists and physicists open their heart completely so that only when their personal hearts are opened would they be able to actually discover the evidence to prove something in a monumental way. So, so what's interesting is just as we are in our own personal lives, we either find the evidence or the absence of love based on a reflection of how open or closed our heart is. And so whether we have a lot of love, perhaps we're in a position where there's a lot of love in your life, but you feel like, God, oh, there's a lot of love around me, but I just can't feel it on the deeper level. Or perhaps there's not a lot of evidence of love in your life and you'd like to bring that to you. Either way, what happens is what allows the heart to open to this infinite flowing love so that you can feel the love that's there and manifest the love that is possible and waiting to come into your life is we need to allow the body to feel safe. And the easiest way to allow the body to feel safe is we just have a seat, we close our eyes, we put our hands on our hearts, and we say to our hearts, I love you. And even if we don't feel the love, all that means is your subconscious mind doesn't have a lot of past history where you loving yourself was familiar and it's still being interpreted as foreign. So we have to keep saying, I love you. And as the subconscious mind becomes more familiar with it, it then allows your body to emotionally experience the vibration that you're pouring into your heart. So we're not faking it. We're not pretending we feel it. We're saying, of course I don't feel it because my subconscious mind is being rewritten so that self-love becomes familiar and not foreign. And the only way to make myself familiar with I love you is to say, I love you. And even if we don't feel the love, oh, I guess the one who doesn't feel the love is next in line to be loved. I love you. The one who's frustrated that it's not opening fast enough. I love you. The one that thinks they've done all their spiritual work. I love you. The one that wants to go back home. I love you. The one that doesn't know how to thrive in prosperity when they live in a country of heated political climate. I love you. I love you. And we just let I love you be a cosmic lullaby that we speak to our innocence that starts to tell the heart that it has permission to feel safe to come out of hiding, and as your heart begins to open, all your spiritual gifts begin to activate by themselves. Chakras open by themselves. DNA becomes activated. Your point of attraction increases in vibration. All of these things happen depending upon how open your heart is. So our job is simply to love our hearts 
consistently and in response to anything we see. We become the first ones that step forward as transformed beings in our new paradigm. And then over time, the world externally reflects to us the love that is awakened within. And that's what I call the love revolution that I invite every single person on this planet to join us in creating for the well-being and ascension of all. Yes, for the ascension of all. And so that hearts can open. Magic happens when hearts open. We've got some questions coming in where people feel still very sad. They've worked. They feel like they've failed. Again, it comes down to not being able to ever generate enough money to feel supported by the universe. But once we do this, this simple little tiny act of loving ourselves, that is the transformation, and we are no longer victims. You know, though, I do have to share, I just came back from overseas, coming through the Houston airport, walking through not customs, but TSA, my knees went weak, my heart was racing, and I was trying to put myself in that state of, well, I guess I needed to go more into love, but it was interesting because it, I felt the fears. I bring this up because many of the people around would think that there's no way that we'll ever see an end to TSA at the airport, but really what we need to do in that situation is always come back to center, and then even perhaps as we love ourselves to even take it a step further and visualize a world without it. But then again, maybe I'm being 3D and 4D. So your comments on that? Well, it's very interesting that you said that because I would say visualizing a world without that is, is, is kind of assuming that there's not a higher spiritual reason for everything. In fact, the manifestations of things like TSA that people have obviously real-life problems with is a manifestation of how many beings on this planet still live disempowered and have given their power away to their external hologram and don't live fully embodying the power of their own divinity. What I would say, and again, this is kind of a radical answer, but I like to give kind of radical teachings, mm-hmm. is that, and, and I'll use you as an example, Lawrence, because of what you just said about, you know, your knees go weak, because here's the, fun, here's the fundamental oversight. And it's no one's fault. It's just, you know, we're, we're waking up, we're wiping the cobwebs of thir- three-dimensional spirituality out of our minds. And it, it can take a little bit because it's very ingrained in there. There's the idea that I'm feeling the way I don't want to feel. And now I'm trying to go into a heightened state so that the things that threaten me can't touch me. But, of course, I can't access a state where the things that threaten me can't touch me because I'm trying to transcend fear by by using fear, meaning there's a belief in something's going to get me, and I'm trying to transcend that, and so that becomes, you know, a state of spiritual denial. But if you want to take the most radical approach and feel the most energetically aligned, even in the presence of TSA, even in the presence of whatever, if you allow whatever arises to have the permission to completely destroy you, knowing that it can only smash apart a prison, it can only take from you what is no longer needed for your journey ahead, it can only unravel the misunderstandings and judgments 
that we've imposed onto life. What would happen is if the next time you went into an airport or you were in TSA and you said to yourself, if something's here to destroy me for my greater good, I let you in and I allow you to heal and take whatever you need to heal and take. Go for it. You, th- that, those words might sound a little intimidating to a lot of people, but if you actually feel into it, you actually feel more energy. You actually feel more peaceful. You actually feel more relaxed because you're actually coming into a level of consciousness where there's no reason why anything exists on the planet other than to bring forth your next highest level of consciousness. See, we know that conceptually, but a lot of us aren't living from that place. And that's why fifth dimension is a journey of cosmic faith, because fifth dimension says you can live empowered, you can live peacefully, you can live abundantly, but you have to allow everything to be seen as divine perfection to the point that you allow anything that you feel to, if it needs to, however it's going to heal you, please, I welcome you, destroy and devastate me. And what's amazing is the one who dies to the circumstance of every moment experiences only life, light, and abundance given. When we are not willing to be destroyed by the spiritual catalyst of our highest evolution, we maintain a lower vibration while trying to transcend the healers in our lives for something beyond it. When we allow any moment to take, heal, and devastate whatever it wants, the kingdom wakes up within you. And once the kingdom wakes up within you, everything outside of you changes. And there might be other people in the world that have different experiences of airports, but your airport will be totally transformed, and you'll have a fifth-dimensional airport experience because you are now experiencing your hologram in the highest alignment of fifth-dimensional unity and faith. Amazing and extraordinary, and this whole conversation is worthy of listening to again because, Matt, when you speak, I'm trying to take notes at the beauty of your words, and it is just amazing. It is amazing. I can't take notes fast enough. But the 5D (laughs) of cosmic faith. There's more questions coming in of people that just, they feel lost and not worthy. So I hope that this hour and over an hour that we've spent has helped people to feel much better and much worthy. And again, as you said, it's going into the heart. You know, when we think about it, when we see the flower of life, the seed of life, that is the beginning of our heart. While some of us believe what we see in the world because we see it, well, now we will see it when we believe it. And it all begins with the heart. Absolutely. What I would even add, just because there's so many people that are going through this, and I want to really give everyone the, give everyone the greatest opportunity to experience this differently. Even if who's listening to this, even as we're listening, just say out loud the words, I'm not here to shift out of unworthiness. I'm not here to shift out of sadness. I am not here to shift out of feeling victimized or disempowered. Instead... I accept or I acknowledge that the disempowered one, the sad one, the defeated one, the victimized one is only showing me who's next in line to be loved. And if you allow yourself to love that one, you're not going to create more of the same. That's a a spiritual superstition of a misunderstanding 
of third-dimensional manifestation. The truth is, when you say the one who is sad, disempowered, lonely, and stuck and defeated is only here to be loved, you're freeing yourself of subconscious judgments. You're loving the one who never knew how to earn it by being the perfect example of anyone else's expectations. And you allow the one who lurks in the shadow to step into the light of divinity, to come as it is and be welcomed home by the love that only you can provide. That will be our salvation no matter what we feel for whatever reason. It must be loved more, not less. Let's take an example then. When we look in the skies and we see chemtrails, and if there are those light workers out there who realize when we send love through our hands or with our consciousness to that chemtrail, we may notice that after a few moments or a moment we could look away, look back up, and then we see that chemtrail has changed. Maybe the plane is no longer visible or spewing anything, or maybe the actual chemtrail is starting to be dispersed. Am I still in the 4D here when I talk about that? But what would be the 5D way of looking at this? 5D says you look up at the sky, and what you see in the sky doesn't teach you about chemtrails. Chemtrails came from other information of other people who are in fear and scarcity. Now, I'm not saying when you look up in the sky you don't see something. You do see something. But you have the right to say, if you say to yourself, I look up in the sky and that represents chemtrails, and chemtrails means this information that I was taught, which gives me a reason to justifiably anchor fear-based energy, which is not going to raise the vibration of the planet to eradicate chemtrails from being created. Instead, what eradicates chemtrails is looking at the sky and saying, wow, look at the beautiful artwork God is making today. And because if you look at the sky, the sky doesn't tell you what it is. You tell yourself what you're looking at. And if you tell yourself what you're looking at is chemtrails, and then you have this information about chemtrails, here's what's interesting. This is mind-blowing. When you tell yourself you're looking at chemtrails, the thought or the belief is that chemtrails can jeopardize people's health. And if you have a belief in chemtrails, it's absolutely true. But here's what's fascinating. And this is what I learned uh, a few years ago in, in a transmission I gave. When you look up at the sky and you say, that's a chemtrail, you tell your subconscious mind to manufacture toxicity to give you an example of what it's like to live in a world inundated by chemtrails. If you were to look up and go, wow, someone's making beautiful art in the sky, you wouldn't tell your brain to manufacture the toxicity that causes us to maintain fear about something that causes us to be against people, to need to overcome companies, and to maintain third and fourth dimensional opposition when we're here anchoring a fifth dimensional reality of unity consciousness. So what you see in the world doesn't tell you what you're looking at. You tell yourself what you're looking at as a symbol, and whatever vibration that symbol represents tells your consciousness how your body should respond to it. Now that is revolutionary. Here we go, anchoring in the fifth dimensional. Wonderful, Matt. I would like to mention that you've got your Angel Academy teachings for those who have not yet been through these programs 
we have Angel Academy 1 and 2 and Angel Academy 3. So thank you, Matt, for offering these incredible teachings of more in-depth information of what we've talked about. And it goes into a lot of different topics and how we really anchor in living in the 5D. I would say not only just the information I give about how to live in a 5D reality, but the energy I transmit, just as the energy you're feeling as I transmit these words on this interview, in these recordings are high vibrational energetic frequencies that not only help to sweep out and unravel third dimensional and fourth dimensional beliefs, identifications, past life traumas, and so forth, old soul contracts, but simultaneously anchoring, awakening, and activating all fifth dimensional aspects of unity consciousness. So just by listening to these recordings, the information is eye-opening, it's amazing, it's heartwarming, it's inspirational, but it's more about as you're listening, you're literally creating an activation chamber in the comfort of your own home, where you literally get to do all of the clearings of three and third dimensional and fourth dimensional reality and simultaneously activating the fifth dimensional reality so just as you sit and you listen you are participating and taking a quantum leap in consciousness stepping to the forefront of your highest reality and learning to anchor fifth dimensional consciousness for the well-being of your family your neighbors and the entire planet so again yes there's so so much information that i give that will permanently change your perspective and point of view on so many different things and it gives you literally like it's almost like a like a a virtual owner's manual of living in the fifth dimension but along with that is this energetic transmission to clear out the third and fourth dimension activate the fifth dimension so that we can step forward as multi-dimensional expressions of spirit and action in the most loving and heart-centered way And everyone listening, I agree with what you said. Yes, they are aligned and a part of this first wave of ascension coming forth. And and it's a a process, is it not? Absolutely has to be a process because there are certain milestones that we could say are going to occur on certain dates. But then that brings us to the next level of consciousness where we then evolve to the next milestone. So it's always a process. Because if it was one specific date, we would all then find benefit in trying to rush through our present moment realities and get to that special you know, moment in time. But again, of course, because we're learning to harmonize with our journey and not be attached to the outcome of a destination, it, it can't be about one date in history. It has to be about the entire journey so that every moment can be given the respect and honor of being acknowledged as this is the next moment in which the universe is bringing me all the catalysts and all the circumstances only to inspire my highest evolution all we have to be all we have to really do is be willing to participate and know that in order to open our hearts it's not about working with you know so much energy it's not about doing it with such intensity that we exhaust ourselves. It's about my focus is on my spiritual alignment. I know the importance of opening my heart, and I allow myself to do that by loving my heart consistently and doing it with relaxation and ease, knowing that I am only going in the direction of my highest destiny. 
And of course, whatever I think is up ahead has already occurred. So I'm participating in the success of what already is, and we are celebrating together a victory that is already guaranteed. But of course, it can only be guaranteed with our participation in every moment. And so it's it's really it's really about balance. It's really about we go in the direction of our highest destiny, but every step we open our hearts, we relax our bodies, and we give everything to the faith of knowing that that which you can't see is coming alive within you. And what you have previously not been able to see or remember is right now. And as days go by and in the next year, going to be revealed as the absolute truth of your existence. So this is where our journeys become exceptionally transformational. This is where everything gets really exciting, and this is where the moments we've been waiting for for many lifetimes begin to reveal themselves in the presence of our own innocence. So really, if there's one thing we can do, as we take in these energies, allow the third and fourth dimensions to be cleared out, allowing the fifth to be activated, as we welcome all of this, all these gifts, all these transformations, rooted in the grace of an open heart. Let's take a caller. Hello, Rudy. Hi, Matt. Um, I just would like it if you could... Feel into me and maybe provide me with a saying and some assistance to really help bring forth the balance and recognition of my divine radiance into this physical form. Perfect. I got the words already coming to me. Try these words out loud with me. I accept. So try these words out loud. I accept. Are you there? Hello? Yeah, we're still here. I don't know if Rudy still is. She ascended already. Yay, Rudy! <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll say them with you. Yeah, so on behalf of Rudy, here are the words that are going are gonna to really help, of course, not only her life, but so many in, in her life. I accept, I accept. that no that no one can ever see or know me the way I see it. Yeah. Go for it. So I accept that no one else can see or know me the way only I can see and know me. Who I am to others is their creation. And it doesn't have to be who I know myself to be. So that's the statement that would work for Rudy because my feeling in Rudy's life is, and of course it's probably very true in a lot of our lives, is that there is a sense of Rudy knowing who Rudy is. And there are people in their life that don't see them in the same way and it can be a very exhausting and distracting journey to try to get other people to see us the way we are, see ourselves. But what we need to realize is that how other people perceive us is showing us their level of consciousness. That doesn't actually ever have to match with how we see ourselves. We don't need to get other people to see us the way we see ourselves. 
We just need to accept that how I see myself and how other people see me don't need to match up. Now, at a certain point, of course, how you know yourself to be and how people see you does match up. But in order to get to that level of unity consciousness, the way we get to the level where how you see yourself and how others see you matches up is not to require it. Because how people see and perceive you is a reflection of their level of consciousness. How you respond to others who misperceive you reflects your level of consciousness. So it doesn't matter how people see us. It only matters how we respond to them. And when you don't need anyone to see you the way you see you, then everything can be about diversity. People can misperceive you. People can think what they want because that's just a reflection of their journey that you don't have to explain or answer to. And so that becomes a very deep level of freedom where we're not saying, only when other people see me can I see myself. Instead, only I can see myself the way I am. And when other people don't need to see me the way I see myself, it helps us accelerate into that 5D reality where eventually how we see ourselves will be how everyone sees us and then it matches up. But to get to that matching vibration, how other people see you, that's their journey. How you respond to their misperceptions, that's your journey. So it doesn't matter how people see you, it only matters how you respond to them. And of course, no matter how you respond, you always deserve more love, not less. And if other people misperceiving you makes you feel lonely, isolated, or sad, or disappointed. Again, those are just the next aspects in line to be loved as only we can love them. And then it becomes another opportunity for us to heal for the well-being of all. I hope you got that, Rudy. Did you hear that okay? Um, no, but I will hear the replay. It's interesting that either I wasn't ready to receive it or the transmission just blew my phone out. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Well, basically, Rudy, I was just saying that how other people perceive you doesn't have to be the way – it doesn't have to match how you perceive yourself. And that, it, and that how other people perceive you is showing you where they're at in their journey, and the only thing that determines your journey is how you respond to others, no matter how much they see you differently than you see yourself. Thank you very, very much. Right, so so don't try to get other people to understand you the way you see yourself because they're seeing you as a way of showing you where they're at in their journey. All you have to say is, no one's going to see me the way I see myself. All I can do is respond kindly and compassionately to whatever they say. And of course, because people are not responding to you, Rudy, they're responding to their creation of you, you don't have to answer to that because they can think anything they want. But who you are and who they think you are are not the same. And when it doesn't have to match up, then you find real peace. Then yeah, I find peace. Okay. And I don't know where Rudy came from. It's Vicky, if that matters. But thank you. Oh, hello, Vicky. Well, you know, <laughs> apparently Rudy was today was your was your alter ego. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you. That's again. hilarious, Vicky. It's, yes, it's a pleasure, and I hope that helps. So that again, my, my feeling with you is again. I think, early, you know, throughout your life, there's been kind of like the caretaker, people-pleaser energy. And then Absolutely. the other level of it is like I need other people who don't see clearly to speed up and acceleration and evolve. And what I want you to do is not try to be the one that caretakes the parents, you know, the, the, in that archetypal way. I mean, be yeah. a parent if you're a parent, but not, not be that caretaker yeah. kind of energy and not try to – be in charge of other people's journeys. Instead, just say, I step forward in consciousness, I step forward in harmony and peace so that as I embody the energy 
other people around me can start to resonate with only what I bring forward. Thank you very, very much. You're welcome, Vicki. All right. Well, Matt, you have a few moments for another one more or two more questions from our callers. Let's I would love Hi, Matt. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, nice to talk with you. I talked to you maybe about three weeks ago. On some Did other you really? Well, good, good to yes. talk to you again. At that time, I was so overwhelmed, and I kept crying, and I couldn't really articulate. So um, <laughs> I, I think I'm clearer, clearer today. And um, um, it looks like um, I, I have ended, ended a relationship with my lover for the last five years. And um, and on the same day, I fell in love with someone else. Yeah. And um, yeah, as an as an empath, um, it's a bit risky for me to be in a sexual relationship because I just take so much from other person. And um, yeah. So, um, what can I do? Like. Like, do you feel like, you know, I'm just avoiding, you know, avoiding, you know, the my highest spiritual evolution by, you know, falling in love with someone else? Or is he the right one? <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, here's what I'll say is you couldn't avoid your high spiritual evolution because everything in existence only supports it. So if you wanted to be with this person, you certainly have a right to be. And if you felt like it wasn't something for you, you would know that to be true. What I want you to be able to overcome and, and release in this in this conversation with me is I want you to, re- you know, this is an opportunity for you to release the belief that your free will can ever be outside of alignment with the highest divine will. See, the irony is you have the permission to make any choice in existence, but the perfection is no matter what choice you make in any given moment, it never will ever be out of alignment with the highest will of the divine and so it feels like to me there's a belief that your personal freedom could somehow stray out of alignment with your spiritual journey which of course is where a lot of the third dimensional judgments and superstitions come from so just if you can try these words out loud with me I accept I accept that everything I do that everything I do is always in alignment. It's always in alignment. With the purity and power. With the purity and power. Of divine perfection. Of divine perfection. And as long as I'm doing what I choose. And as long as I'm doing what I choose. With no obligation or fear of loss. With no obligation or fear of loss that I am always bringing forth the catalyst. That I am always bringing forth the catalyst. That bring to life my highest evolution. That bring to life my highest evolution. Yes. I don't have to doubt myself. You're right. I don't have to doubt myself. I don't have to doubt myself. Because everything I think, say, or do because everything I think or do is the highest will of God. It's the highest will of God. So why don't I just start enjoying myself? 
So why don't I just start uh, start enjoying myself? And if I'm an energetic empath, and if I'm an energetic empath, I can have relationships. I can have relationships. I just make sure that every day. I just make sure that every day. I have some alone time. I have some alone time. To balance the time spent with my lover. To balance the time spent with my lover. So that so that I don't project onto them. So that I don't project on onto them. The obligation. The obligation. To love me. To love me. In ways that only I can. In the way the only I can. I spend every day loving my heart. I spend every day loving my heart. And yet enjoying my lover at the same time. And yet I enjoy my lover at the same time. It's all a perfect balance. It's all a perfect balance. And I accept. And I accept. That I already know how to live in this perfect balance. That I already know how to live in this perfect balance. Is everything I think, say, or do. Everything I think, say, or do. Is always aligned in divine perfection. It's always aligned in divine perfection. And with that, I'm free. And with that, I'm free. How does that feel? Wow, I feel fantastic. <laughs> well, good. Well, good, because you deserve to feel fantastic. Yeah. You deserve to feel fantastic. You don't have to watch yourself so intently. Just enjoy yourself, and okay. you'll know when it's time. You'll know if it's time to, you know, to, to start a new relationship. You'll know if it's time to end a relationship. You'll always know, and so you don't have to overthink it. Just enjoy yourself and really understand that the truth is a lot more simpler than we'll ever make it to be. Yay. Wow, thank you so much. You're welcome. Many blessings to you, and happy and happy holidays as well. Thank you. One more. <laughs> One more. We are going to Flagstaff, Arizona, and you are unmuted. Hello and welcome. Hi. Thank you so much. My name is Sue. Hello, Sue. Pleasure to meet you. Hi. It's great to meet you, Matt. God bless you. Um. Uh, my question has to do with post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, say someone, you know, from age six months um, throughout their life has had trauma after trauma after trauma. Um, and different things trigger, you know, the hypervigilance or the you know, just the reliving of the trauma. And um, I've been doing EMDR, which is uh, for PTSD. Yeah, I know um, about EMDR. Thank you. Um, But, and I've been working on it a long, long, long time. Um, Will I ever see the light of day? (laughs) So does yes. The answer is yes, and to make it more specific, I can I can walk you through another, like, repeat after me, and we can get the ball rolling. How about that? Wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course, of course. And now, now, in order to do this, what I want to just preface is by saying, and again, I'm going to let your 
inner experience after I have you say these words out loud tell the tale. But I just want you to know and everyone who's listening to this, what we're about to facilitate, and of course, as I have you do the repeat after me, everyone who's listening can do this as well, so it can facilitate everyone's healing. But as I do this, what I want you to know on, on, a, on a cognitive level is nothing that I'm about to say justifies anything you've been through. So I'm not saying this as a justification. I'm just doing this because of how it, un, how it rewires your subconscious mind. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Okay? So, okay. And, and I say this to you and everyone else. Is, now nothing is a justification for anything that's happened. If we've been abused, neglected, betrayed, there's no justifying that. But we say these words because of the power they have in the subconscious mind, not in how we interpret them consciously. So as long as people, you know, we're understanding the process. So try, try this with me. I accept. Okay. I accept. That in order for me to heal these patterns of trauma. That in order for me to heal these patterns of trauma. I have to unhook how it is feeding my ego structure. I have to unhook how it is feeding my ego structure. Because an ego is fed. When the ego is fed. It maintains a belief. It maintains the belief that everything I remember happened to me versus others. That everything I remember happened to me versus others. And it anchors a vibration of separation. That anchors a vibration of separation. And to resolve this. To resolve this. I accept. I accept that everything that occurred in my past, everything that occurred in my past, was reliving what is already existing. Was reliving what is already existing. In the collective unconsciousness of humanity. In the collective unconsciousness of humanity that I only re-experienced as if it happened to me. That I only re-experienced as it happened to me. So that I could unravel these patterns. So that I could unravel these patterns on behalf of all. On behalf of all. And help to heal those. And help to heal those who deny and avoid what they survived. Who deny and avoid what they survived. I accept that none of this is mine. I accept that none of this was mine. It was my contribution to heal a world. With my contribution to heal the world. And in knowing the deepest reason for these traumas, And in knowing the deepest reason for these traumas, I fulfill my mission. I fulfill my mission in clearing out victimhood. In clearing out victimhood. Healing trauma. Healing trauma. Abuse, deception, and abandonment. Abuse, deception, and abandonment, and neglect.
and neglect by clearing it out of my energy field. I'm clearing it out of my energy field, returning it to the source of its origin. Returning it to the source of its origin to be transmuted completely. To be transmuted completely and forgiven now. And forgiven now for the liberation of all. For the liberation of all. And so it is. And so it is. Now, what's the feeling you feel right now as a result of saying those words? Um, gratitude. Um, a lot of emotion. Um, yeah. This emotion is what's just being cleared out of your field. These are just these are just cellular memories being purged. So what I would say is just after you get off the call with me, just sit and just offer I love you to wherever you feel the emotion in your body, and you'll just be clearing it out of the faster at a faster rate of speed. And just knowing you may have experienced these memories as if it was in the eye perspective, as if it happened to you, but the resolution can't happen on that level. It has to happen on. On the bigger level, I incarnated and took on these experiences only to heal and free the entire world of what people don't want to look at and face. And so we have to heal it on a different level than we remember experiencing it. And that's that's how we make such a healing journey progressive versus long-winded and arduous. And, you know, all, all you know, EMDR and things like that are very powerful and they've served you very well. And they've done phenomenal things to set the stage and prepare you for something like this. But something like this is really helping to take your journey to a high level of transformation in a very short amount of time. Because you've put in the time, you've done your work, and now it's time for you to shine. Now it's time for you to thrive. Now it's time for you to enjoy the world. I can't wait. Wake up. You don't have to. You don't have to wait. At this, this is right now. This conversation represents your new beginnings. So as of this moment, your life is different, and as a result of what you just said out loud, sometimes it takes 24 hours for the energy that I help to bring forth in the repeat after me to integrate and come to life. Like your energy field and your conscious mind have to have a little conversation, and then it integrates overnight. But I'm sure you'll see just as soon as tomorrow, you'll start to see something different emotionally. And then it goes from being an emotional difference to being a change in perception. And then once it's a change in perception, literally the outside world that you see begins to become different. So congratulations on this new exciting step. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Matt. You're I welcome. And by the way, you. just oh, I appreciate you so much. You're such a resilient, courageous soul. Let me also say this. In honor of this new paradigm, what I'm being told to tell you is that the most yeah. important spiritual practice you have, aside from doing the I love yous, is making sure that the only things we put into our body serve our highest nutrition and our highest well-being. So I want you to start looking at the things you put in your body as, is this the most loving thing I can do for myself? And if it isn't, make better choices. Ouch. <laughs> and the reason I'm being told that is because I'm being told that on behalf of your lungs. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. 
So I love do. your lung. Love your lungs. That's all I'm going to say. You and I both know what I'm talking about, and I'm just saying this because I'm feeling into your body as an empath, and, I, and your body is telling me what messages it wants me to tell you so that you can start to not just hide and wait for life to rescue you, but you can be the one that brings yourself out of hiding. Thank you. You're welcome. Many blessings to you. You are so loved. And to you, thank you so much. Oh, your love is all I need. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Well, Matt, what a wonderful session we've had tonight. I thank you for sharing. Hearts have opened on this call. Transformation is here. Anchoring in the 5D is here. Everyone is doing such incredible work. Everyone listening are the way showers, and we thank you all for listening. And I thank you, Matt, for sharing. Any last comments as we say goodbye this evening? I just want everyone to know that whether we can feel the differences in our field, whether our life is reflecting the changes of our deep spiritual work, Everything we have done has already done so much to support the awakening of humanity. Everything we continue to do has such positive, inspirational repercussions in the entire universe that will support and embrace the evolution of this planet for generations to come as a result of the work we've all done. I'm here to honor the paths that we've created the directions we've headed in, the past experiences we've survived. And I am here to offer you the most revolutionary way to put all the pieces together, to open your heart to the truth of your being, and to bring into this planet the unique frequency of light that no one else in the history of the world can carry and bring to life but you. And of course, this is brought to life and transmitted into every heart for the well-being of our entire existence, one I love you at a time. Just a simple one, I love you at a time. Matt Kahn, thank you so much for being here. And we'll do a shout-out to Linda. Today is Linda's 64th birthday. We send you love, Linda. We look forward to seeing you again, Matt, here on Healing Conversations. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Many blessings, everyone.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.